In dementia, we're stuck with the stupid plaques and tangles, and there's so <laughs> much money involved in here that the entity organization, the research organization, doesn't want to give up this other that they're suckling from. Hi there. Welcome to this MindRamp podcast interview with gerontology professor Mario Garrett. This is the first of a series of podcast interviews with Mario that will explore his ideas about the psychological causes of dementia. I'm Michael C. Patterson, CEO of MindRamp Coaching and Consulting. At MindRamp, we're passionate about keeping brains healthy and minds sharp. And clearly, finding ways to prevent, treat, or manage dementia and Alzheimer's disease is central to this mission. So we need to have a much deeper and clearer idea about what dementia is, what causes it, and what we can do to avoid it or slow its progress. In this podcast, we will focus on Dr. Garrett's somewhat controversial thoughts about the nature of Alzheimer's disease and the need to consider psychological causes as well as biological causes of the disease. Mario is originally from Malta. He studied at the University of East London and received his Ph.D. from the University of Bath in England. Garrett describes himself as a numbers cruncher. He says he's good at analyzing data. He's had an interesting and varied background working around the world. As a team leader of a project for the United Nations Population Fund, he coordinated a five-year project looking at support systems for older adults in the People's Republic of China. He founded the international aging magazine Bold while with the United Nations Institute on Aging. He's worked with the Pueblo Nation, designing and implementing gerontology courses for the state of New Mexico. And Mario is currently professor of gerontology at San Diego State University. And while in this position, he served as department director and led three research institutes. He's published six books and over 30 refereed papers. So we'll start with Mario's discussion of how Alzheimer's research has gotten off track and has failed to realize any significant progress in coping with the syndrome. The brain is the most complex organ in the universe. There's nothing more complex than our brains. Nothing. Even the stars in the universe, there's, we have more connections in our brain than there are entities in the universe. More complex than even uh, our brain can comprehend. So we have to be humble with this. And, and you know, whenever we think we have the answer, we say, well, we have part of the answer. And we haven't done that with dementia. And we haven't done that because there's so much money involved in research. It's the third highest grossing research entity mm. in the United States wow. after heart disease and cancer. And that's amazing because in heart disease and cancer, at least we know better now uh, the, the, the complexity, but we don't with dementia. We are fixated on the, these plaques and tangles. In dementia, we're, stu we're stuck. We're stuck with the stupid plaques and tangles, and there's so <laughs> much money involved in here that we, the, the, and the organization, the research organization, doesn't want to give up this other that they're suckling from uh, because it generates a lot of money. As I said, the third uh, largest uh, funding 
in the United States. So do you think that people, researchers get fixated on the, the amyloid hypothesis? I mean, it seems the evidence has been clear that that's not going to lead anywhere. And yet, okay. why do people hold on to it? It's money. And I, I was a researcher for 12 years. I depended on what is known as stock money, getting funding. And the way you get funded is you say, this is what I've done. We found a problem. Give me more money to solve that problem. You know, so <laughs> if you're working on the amyloid uh, hypothesis, then it's unlikely that all of a sudden you're going to say, let's try psychology because you're not a psychologist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, right. and what happens is the people around in the periphery are shunned. They're, they're, you, you cannot get published. So it's difficult because mm-hmm. they really have, there's a cadre of people, and these are the same people that work in this, uh, in, in this area. And they have millions of dollars of research. And you cannot get anywhere uh, any traction in doing something different. In the 1900s, when Alzheimer, loose Alzheimer's, identified Alzheimer's disease, in fact, it wasn't as specific as we would like. The plaques and tangles that he identified were everywhere. Uh, and this, is, this was said to him by his colleagues. You know, Perusini, for example, said to him, the plaques and tangles are everywhere, even with senile dementia. And senile mm. dementia is that dementia that comes with age. They assume that if you live long enough, you are bound to get dementia. But Alzheimer's really said, well, this is a unique composition. This is a unique cause. And his boss, Emil Krepelin, liked it because he was fighting. There was a, uh, Emil Krepelin, his, his supervisor, was from Munich. And the other side, there was another clinic in Germany at the time, in Prague. And that was run by Oskar Fischer, was the other researcher. So you have Oscar Fischer on one and Alzheimer's on the other, two separate clinics. So Krepelin wanted to uh, gain influence because the Prague clinic was very famous and the uh, director there, uh, his name is Pip, he he already identified a lot of diseases. So Krepelin wanted to, you know, gain one-upmanship. So when Alzheimer's identified the plaques and tangles, Krepelin said, yes, let, let's, let's embrace this. Let's, let's identify this and, and define this in the nosology as a disease. Alzheimer's couldn't get the paper published. When, when he noticed this, he tried to get it published. It was rejected. It rejected because I said, one, it is not a unique observation. Plaques <laughs> and tangles are everywhere. Secondly, we've known this for at least 30 years. There was nothing new. Really? The reason why it was accepted is because Krepelin wanted to identify a new disease to compete with the Prague office. So it's it's almost political. Yeah. So, but again, Alzheimer's, what he was trying to do is correct in terms Mm -hmm. of identifying a condition that creates dementias. And I think it's part of the process. We did not arrive there. Well, it's just a process, not a stage. It's a process. And what we need to continue doing is to continue identifying different types of diseases, different types of dementias. And we are. 
We have a, a new one in the last couple of years uh, related to a new protein that they found uh, in brains, people with dementia. So we have a new new type of um, uh, dementia. Anyway, so we, co- we should continue to do that. The reality has escaped us in this. Because but- Alzheimer's has become the main focus, it really has blunted our tools because everything is Alzheimer's. I have a, a really good example, and that's with my mom. And my mom has dementia, and everyone, of course, knows oh, Alzheimer's. But uh, we found that she has hyperthyroid problems. And uh-huh. what that does when you have hyperthyroid issues is it elevates your calcium and it changes your cognition. It makes you slower. So she had, she had them uh, cut out and she regained part of her ability. She became very active. But then she started hallucinating that her mother is there who died like 50 years ago. Right? So you think Louis body dementia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because she's hallucinating and uh, she's seeing things, but then she she also has memory issues. So is it Lewy body and does she have Alzheimer's? And the answer is yes to everything. <laughs> yes to everything. Yeah. Let, let's talk about the causes of dementia here. Yeah. I think it's important to talk about them. The first one is degenerative. And we know that the amyloid, uh, cascade amyloid theory, but there's lots of other there. There are prions, there's, there's other neurological conditions or, or shocks or traumas or insults right. that cause dementia. But, there's, but the main one, I think, it, it, more than degenerative, is vascular. Uh, vascular disease, I think, is the main cause of dementia. And what that does is it restricts oxygen and restricts blood going to the brain and it restricts nutrients. Uh, But we also then have parasitic, we have viral uh, with Lyme disease, for example, we have bacteria with syphilis, for example, we get neurosyphilis, Mm -hmm. we have fungal. So we have five things here that can cause dementia. And with young people, these are minimized, they're not as prominent. With older people, they're likely to be always there, constant already. So when one thing goes, it's likely that it creates a cascade of the other. So it's, you're more prone as you get older. Right. So the isomorphic rigidity really promotes, mediates, and moderates the other conditions that are there promoting dementia. And that's how I can explain why aging is really the main uh, precursor to dementia. So what is dementia? And uh, we know that dementia is a syndrome. It's, it's, it's a collection of symptoms. And there are many different types of dementia. So my argument is, let's continue with this differentiation. Because you cannot, I, if you do not know what you're looking at, you cannot solve it. If you do not have proper understanding, it doesn't matter what you do. And this is, I think, what happened with Alzheimer's disease. I think the idea of politics is important. I think we need to be aware of that. There's a lot of money here. There's a lot of resistance towards these ideas. And and we have the evidence. What I tried to do at first, I thought, maybe we don't have the evidence. We have the evidence. Let's start questioning people when they say, uh, start talking about just the biology, to say, what about placebo? 
You know, mm-hmm. what about placebo? What about the attitude affecting this? And start getting that conversation going because they've had too long. We've had a hundred years of pushing for a cure, pushing for a biological answer. And we know the brain is much more complex than that. And let's hold people accountable that uh, it's not just biology and make sure that they understand that there's an awareness now of, of that criticism. All right. That's it for this episode. I hope you found Mario Garrett's ideas about dementia and Alzheimer's as intriguing and provocative as I do. I agree with Mario that we need to think more creatively about the nature of dementia so that we can cope with it more effectively. If you were listening carefully, you heard Mario use the term isomorphic representations. In the next podcast interview with Mario, we will explore just what he means by an isomorphic representation and why it's important to his theories about the psychological causes of dementia. Thanks so much for listening. And thank you for taking brain health seriously. Until next time, live long and live well.